Welcome to the Wasting Time Podcast. It is episode 100. Way! 100. You know, Chris. Yeah. I mean, how many of those? You, have you done every single one of those 100, 100 episodes? I've, I've been on every single one. I've done this 100 times now. Well, yeah. congratulations. How does it feel? Um, yeah, it feels good. Feels good. I do feel sorry for the listeners. That's well over a hundred hours of uh, me talking nonsense. So um, if you if you're still with us, appreciate that. <laughs> I wonder how many if do we, if we if any have listened to all one hundred episodes. I tell you what, if you have listened to all one hundred episodes of this podcast, drop us a message and let us know. Make us feel good about ourselves. Like yeah. uh, hit us up on Instagram or something like that, please. I'm sure that there's some sort of reward, could be some sort of reward involved. There <laughs> yeah. should be. There should be, to be fair, yeah. So, yeah, well done. 100, 100 episodes. I think lockdown and COVID really, really helped us kick along, didn't it? With um, It did. It definitely did. With uh, bookings and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of touring bands not touring for a long time. <laughs> yeah, a lot of artists with time on their hands, time we yeah. were able to take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, I've probably only done about like forty of those, maybe more, maybe a few more. But so. I think, yeah, you've been harsh on yourself. Probably more than that because you maybe. you hop you hopped on about I think it was about episode twenty, so quite early okay. on in the run. Um, okay. I mean, the podcast has been going for a few years, but in terms of us being a bit more prolific about it, yeah, you were you were quite early on, and you've been in most of those episodes, I would say. So yeah, thank you for being part of this as well. Thank you. Right, should we um. Should we chat about anything new, anything going on in the world of music? Do you have anything that you've noticed? It wasn't that long ago since we we spoke, was it? So I know we chatted um, outside of this podcast about new Gaslight material that's just been released. We didn't chat about that last time, did we? No, no, because that was, yeah, that came out very recently. Definitely got the... Um, the juices flowing for the for the for the record coming out in October, I think it is. October, right, end of October. Yeah. yeah, we should get Brian Fallon on this show. He'd be a good guest that to have. Be a good booking. And I know you're you're quite a big fan of his his stuff. I'm not crazy about his like his really? solo stuff. Are you not? Um, you know, a few, few tracks are definitely definitely like, but this new Gaslight stuff. I, I guess the Gaslight stuff, the earliest. I'm a fan of the really kind of early early gaslight anthem material yeah um, and i think this this new stuff is a bit more of a reflection of kind of earlier earlier gaslight so yeah um it's uh i do think the production is very thin it's obviously deli- obviously that's what it's deliberately going for and uh i'm not quite sure why they're doing that it's a bit like if you remember the last bleachers full length album the production was like clearly very deliberately trying to sound like it was tracked in the 70s or something and whilst this isn't doing that it's it's going for a certain style that i i I wish a little bit it wasn't i mean the two songs released are great and i like the songs so they hold up but i would have liked a different different kind of sound on them i don't know if that's something you picked up on yeah but i mean i don't share your sentiment in (laughs) okay fair enough (laughs) yeah i mean i quite uh like that essentially so yeah looking forward, to, looking forward to hearing the record there's a new mxpx song ah yes they're releasing a new album in august one of our big favorites how are you feeling about their new song yeah it's all right it's all right to, to knock me off my seat what about you yeah it's it's cool you know it's not up there with the classics but i prefer it to anything that was on that last album that the fan base really liked, but you and me weren't that keen on the the self titled one. I think it was self titled in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if if there's more like this new single on this new album, I'm sure I'm sure I'll enjoy it somewhat at least. Cool. Yeah, look forward to look forward to hearing the full length. Anyway, always anything else happening? Uh, there are bits and pieces, but I reckon for now, maybe maybe we can go into what our our feature we were going to do before today's interview yes top top 100 top 100 top, top 100 top 100 podcasts top five from the top 100 <laughs> there you are yeah 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 so nick and i thought 
it would make sense. We had to do something to kind of mark this episode. And we thought, well, let's just pick pick our top five, which I'm pretty sure we've done before, but it's been ages, so I can't remember for okay. sure if we've done it. And secondly, whether what they were. So fuck it, let's okay. do it again. So I go first, number five for me. Yeah, so so we're do so we're counting down like finishing with our most favorite one. But yeah, let's do Yeah, you go first, then I'll do I'm my gonna, five and then I'm gonna we'll go, go like, I'm going to go with Alan Day from Four Years Strong as my number five. Okay. Um, just because it was like, it was like a nice surprise. It was in the, it was in like the real harsh time of like lockdown in America, wasn't it? Yes. Um, and it was re- he was really, really open about kind of how he's feeling about it and how he's struggling with it. But like, it, it was like a conversation about his, is this whole other side of his life that was so far from like yeah. a tour, tour, like touring band, like his farm with his wife, like it's like he, that he hosts weddings there and he grows Christmas trees and like has chickens. And it was just, um, it was just like a really nice, wholesome, refreshing podcast. Yeah. Um, in what was a bit a of a one. dark, dark time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it was interesting. Good episode. Uh, so my number five was, this is before your time. We did this February 2018, I think it was. And it was a guy called John Allen. And he runs Disconnect, Disconnect Records. And I know John a little bit. He's a great guy, but he's just so dry and so funny. And I just remember his stories being uh, very entertaining to listen to. He's just, he's just a funny guy. He just, he cracks me up. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that one in there. Disconnect? Are they London? Is he in London? Uh, ish. I think I think he works in London, but he's based like. I want Is he? Does he live in Kent somewhere? I mean, not somewhere far out of London. But yeah, disconnect. Disconnect has been going for years, and he works very hard on it and does a very cool thing. So, cool. Yeah, shout out to him. Okay, number four. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go with the Love Breakers for this one. <laughs> nice which just one because be- we we did we did them twice didn't we i would say the first time yeah just because yeah. it was like we were both really excited about discovering them and yeah. our relationship with them has flourished and yours of especially course. as now <laughs> their manager and yes, you know yes. the opportunities that's that's created so now friends yeah, who you definitely. know we very much were excited about from a music perspective at the time Absolutely. Great pick. And, you know, you've made me feel bad because they're not in my top five. And that's just, <laughs> I just thought like, cause I'm too close to them now. It just feels like I'd be being biased. I'm sorted it for you. Yeah. Excellent. Um, my number four is another one from before you were on the, on the podcast would be uh, James Hole from apologies. I have none. Just again, just super funny guy. He was just, great company and every time i see him now it's just a delight to see him and uh i i think that was like one of the first podcast episodes where i'm like oh yeah i really enjoy doing this and because it was one of the really early ones so uh i i felt like i had to as a as a callback to those days include that one i hope this isn't kind of following a theme of all your favorite episodes being the ones that i <laughs> No, no, no. That's uh, that's the last one that fits right. into that category. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, number three for me. Gonna yep. kind of get in the big guns, I guess. Really. Go on. Um, Frank Turner, number three for me. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. That arguably, was a big one. probably, arguably, probably one of our um, biggest bookings. I'm, I was a big fan of Frank going into that podcast again. Like, a really. Um, Really kind of honest, honest conversation. Yeah. Um, Very early on in lockdown, that was, wasn't it? Yeah. And just a really nice guy. Yeah. Very cool guy. Yeah. That was, that was, uh, that I think that's still our most listened to episode we've, we've ever had. Yeah. He shared, he shared it afterwards as well, didn't he? Which I'm he sure kind of, good man, kind of helped, helped, yep. helped us out yep. a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Good one. My number three is going to be uh, Kevin Truckenmiller singer of quiet drive who as you know one of my favorite bands i'd been wanting to get him on the show for a while and it happened that first 
summer of lockdown and I just thought he was just a very humble, very cool guy. I got to ask all the questions I was genuinely curious about and it was just really great to have an hour of his time and I, uh, yeah, still remain a huge fan of his band so I had to include that one. Okay, number two. I'm going to go with another big gun. Probably our biggest gun, I guess, really. Well, one of them, uh, Dave Brown sound. Uh, yes. Oh, I mean, just the, like the nicest of guys ever, right? What a dude, um, yes. Lots of very cool stories. I remember just this, everything, you know, everything told us about their time in, was it Ghana, somewhere in Africa? Uh, it was, um, wasn't it in uh, Republic of Congo? Congo. Congo. It, yeah. Um, really, really crazy stories. When I remember after the podcast went and went and uh, going to watch all the stuff on YouTube again. Um, but really nice guy, a Newcastle fan as well, which we've got to <laughs> talk about. Which obviously, uh, yeah, he loved was, that. Uh, was pleased to chat about. Um, and yeah, obviously, just generally, like, generally, generally a legend, I guess. Um, well, this this is going to be uh easy because my my number two is the same as your number two <laughs> the dave, dave brown sound echoing everything nick says you know i don't approve of him being a a newcastle fan and maybe that's the only only thing um i would differ on although that was i i loved that <laughs> that unique take we had with him so perhaps not perhaps i would still keep that um yeah what an episode that was we were so excited to have him on um you know, I remember being a bit nervous before that, but he just kind of the kind of guy who puts you at ease straight away. And I think we spoke to him for like three hours or something. Was something that ridiculous. That? Didn't didn't all make the edit. Yeah. He was just a really, really super nice, friendly guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Right. Number one. I wonder if we're aligned on this one. I, I'm yeah, I'm, we are. I, I'm very curious. Yeah. Do you, you you say yours first? So my number one is the uh, Max Collins Eve six yes, episode. Of course, same here, mate. It had to be. I feel like I need to go. I, I feel like we've like said we're going to do this. I've rushed and made this list. Yeah. I feel like, and you know, my memory's not particularly great, but I feel like I need to go and back and listen to that episode before I yeah. like, give yeah. it the the summary that it deserves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very funny guy, and um, some fucking. Pretty cool stories, and just told so well as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, very, very good, cool guy. It's not surprising that since we had him on, which was over four years ago now, so a while ago, um, since then he's become like a sort of a bit of a Twitter celebrity because he's just, you know, with his sarcastic sense of humor with the Eve Six Twitter has kind of got them a bit of a cult following with that, and I know he then had a job with buzzfeed made him kind of like an agony uncle or something and now like i think the eve six patreon where he just writes stories has loads and loads of members because he's, he's just become like an internet celebrity basically and i yeah. completely understand why having spent an hour or so talking to him yeah yeah definitely needs um a re-listen or if like anyone hasn't just go and yeah go and check it out it's quite far back isn't it it's one of our earlier yeah, yeah it's, it's around well, it's around about episode the the late twenties, I would say, in terms of episode counting. Mm. But yeah, definitely go back and listen to that if you haven't. And Eve Six is definitely just a band to go and listen to as well. Like that, of course. Which I often go back to. Anyway, that was me. Same, same. Right there, you go. Fairly aligned. Well, two, two aligned. The same top two. There you have it, yeah. listeners. So uh, yeah, if you haven't heard any of those episodes. Go and go and check them out. So, who have we got um, leading into our hundredth episode? Then, so the headline of our hundredth episode is uh, we have Noah Fintz, who's a young artist who is getting bigger and bigger. We spoke to Noah, I guess it, it was about a month ago now. Um, had a really interesting conversation. It was really great hearing his kind of his story of getting to where he is today. Um, he's very open kind of like about coming out as trans and how that was received by his fans and um and then obviously getting onto hopeless records so uh yeah it was really really cool to to have this chat with him enjoy do you remember me we met about a month ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
being a big star these days, I just wanted to make sure, you know, you still had time for the little people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was it? What was it? Just like an industry night for Hopeless or something? I mean, I I, I mean, you could probably, just, I don't know what it was. I don't think anybody <laughs> going knew what it was going to be. It was just like a, they'd... An annual they'd, party kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like an industry party. They had a bar. They had like burgers. It was sort of brunch thing. Yeah, it was just called a, a Hopeless Mixer. So you're getting you're getting yourself about as well, Chris, these days. <laughs> I'm I'm Nick, by the way, and I'm based up yes, in sorry. the northeast of England. So I'm up in Newcastle. So oh, sick. Not, not able to make hopeless industry parties, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, Nick yeah. Nick is a Nick is a new father. So he's as you can see, he's often my, my co-host on this, but um he's he's I mean, this is what your second one in 2023. So he's had it's been difficult for him to make time. So we're kind yeah. of blessed to have his his company today. I, I guess having a child takes up time. <laughs> yeah, listen. I, to be honest with you, I definitely underestimated how much. Um, it's a bit. It's a bit of a groundhog day situation at the moment with a with a seven month old baby. But God. Um, but hey, we're here, which yeah. is great. Really appreciate you doing this, Noah. How's things with you? How's your weekend been? Oh, I just did. I've just been working, to be honest. Okay. Um, filmed a few YouTube videos yesterday. Um, and then I had an interview yesterday as well. But it, nothing exciting at all. It's too hot. And I've I've literally <laughs> blocked out the windows. <laughs> I don't have any curtains. <laughs> where where actually is kind of home for you? At Chiswick. Okay. Yeah. I remember you, you when we met last month, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, Chiswick. Chiswick's a nice part of town. Did you do you Grew up in Chiswick. Apologies if you. No, told no, me no. I, I didn't grow up in Chiswick. I grew up in a place called Sunningdale, but um, I moved here like four years ago before the rent prices were insane. Okay. And I'm staying here for as long as possible because if I want to live anywhere near here, I just can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the hell is Sunningdale? It sounds like some somewhere like the, the Hobbit would live or something. It's, <laughs> to Tolkien. It's like near Ascot. Right. Okay. Berkshire. You, uh, Chris. Basically, made me aware of some videos you were doing with, uh, with some recording you were doing with Danny Jones and and Doug from Yeah McFly. Was that was that quite recent? What was this? What's this? Yeah. What's the stitch of that? Uh, that? That was on Friday. Um, it's just like a writing session. We just wrote a song. Um, it was a load of fun. We finished at like nine thirty p.m. Um, it's, so it's just a lot of talking. But yeah, no, no, <laughs> they're 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 both so 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 nice. Have you known them long? No, well, so I, I, so my, my second ever show was a festival called South End on Sea that like Jason Perry put together. Um, mm-hmm. The Fly were headlining that. So like I saw them play there and I spoke to them a few times there. And then I played Slam Dunk in 2021 and they had a surprise set. Uh, it was my third ever show. Uh, and I had really? to follow them <laughs> directly. Yeah. They, 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 they played on the stage that I was playing like directly before me um so i spoke to them there and then saw them at the heavy music awards and yeah I, we, we don't go back far but it was fun hang, hanging out with them so you went you went to some pretty big stages pretty quickly then i guess your yeah. third show yeah no i know it was freaking me out it was like i remember it's so like i my first like tour i guess was like like four like headline shows um but when i <laughs> When I booked them, the day I booked them, I just cried the entire day because I'm like, what if I'm no good? What if I suck? What if I mess up? What if people laugh at me? Um, so I kind of just had to get over that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah, it was very overwhelming. And speaking, obviously, you mentioned Slam Dunk in 2021. When when I last saw you, I think it was the day before you were playing Slam Dunk. Um, yes. So how, how did that all go? That was great. I mean, so I, I played there in 2021, as I said. Um, very baby I was very scared very terrified uh and then like forward to this year it was like it was just fun like I, I wasn't stressed yeah. out about it like I was the first time and the crowds were a lot bigger even though I was playing the same stage um so I was happy about that and they were like yeah people were like starting circle pits I'm like oh hell yeah I didn't even have to <laughs> ask them to do that because like a lot of my audience is younger and like yeah so many of them have never been to a show before. So like, I'll be on stage being like, by the way, like, if you want to start a mosh pit now, you can do that. All you got to do is like spread out and just like look after each uh, other. Um, But like it was slam dunk and like, it's obviously a bit of an older audience. So it was cool that they were doing that without me having to ask them to. <laughs> nice. And then was that the case at pretty much the North and the South? 
Yeah, yeah, they were both great. I think the the I mean, it was too hot south. It was boiling the entire yeah. day. Um, yeah. North, it was a little bit colder and more overcast. Except for specifically when I went on stage, it just got sunny as fuck. Um, <laughs> so that was sweaty. But yeah, no, both both shows are really fun. You see, you said you have a lot of kind of younger younger people potentially coming to their first first ever shows. What were, I mean, can you remember what your your first show was? Yes. Uh, so I. <laughs> So my, when I was like four or five, I was obsessed with Green Day and with Busted. Um, and I've still never seen Green Day live, which is insane because like I would like, my mom was like, you would cry if we didn't put Green Day on in the car. Um, but my first show was Busted with McFly supporting them in like 2004, 2005. And I remember it was, I don't know if it was all seated, but I remember we were sat down and I was so short that I couldn't see. So my mom had to like pick me up. And I remember being really confused about why people were screaming. So I was like, right. I just want to hear them play music. Like, m- like, why is everyone yelling and sc- like? I just, I can't hear them because everyone's screaming. Um, but that, that's literally all I remember about that show. Um, and maybe, oh, and and then leaving the venue. And you know, there are those people that like stand outside venues and try and sell you knockoff merch. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember like walking past them and being like, Oh, can I get a poster, mom? And and, and she was like, No, because the money doesn't go to them. And I was like. But I want the poster, and then I remember it's an that. illegal poster. Yes, it's, yeah, well, illegal. Well, illegal is the thing because, like, my parents told me that Heelys were illegal when I was younger because they didn't want to get me any Heelys. So like, that was <laughs> that. It, she probably said something like that, and I believed it. Oh man, Chris, do you, Chris, do you remember your first show? Yeah, my first. Well, it depends what kind of show you mean. Like first concert, I suppose it was a rock concert. Was Runrig? Do either of you know who Runrig are? Yeah, so the Runrig are. I mean, I think I think they might have split up. Like they're kind of they they're a band for forty years, Scottish band, kind of like a Scottish U two, but like with way better songs than U two. And they were huge in Canada, well, in Scotland, Canada, and Germany. And we had Scottish neighbors. That's what I that I grew up with. That's why I knew them. And they had they're a bit cheesy, but they have banging songs. So that was my first concert. I think. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Um. The first proper rock concert, I think, was Papa Roach. Okay. <laughs> Sick. And I, re- and I remember Sick. it being, like, quite scary. You see, like, these kids coming for the first time doing, like, a circle pit. And, yeah, like, yeah. like, I didn't know what to expect. And I, was t- I wasn't I was very big. I was, like, a s- small 14-year-old. And yeah. I just remember just being, like, crushed for, like, for the space of an hour. But yeah. It was, uh, yeah, a memorable experience. I was going to say, well, I mean, how do you want to kind of go about this? Do you want to do a little bit of a from the start kind of format? Yeah, or? I, yeah I think so. There was a couple more like modern things you've been up to recently. Now I was going to mention, but maybe we'll we'll come to them after because we kind of you asked about first concerts, so that might be a good good place to um to go into that. But but b- before we really get into it, I just something that I find interesting is so obviously you mentioned it was Green Day and Busted, and I know when we met in person, you you were saying how Gus. Uh, busted were effectively like the the gateway for you into like the music that you really got into if i remember correctly oh yeah 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 but like it's it, it's interesting because like because because we, we're such different ages you know like yeah. i'm i'm 40 now so like obviously you know slight almost like different generations so when busted came along for us like so i guess it i would have been about 19 something like that and i was just yeah. very protective of of the music i was into and i was just like what is this boy band doing you know like impersonating the music i love so i really hated them but i never really thought about you know what they would do for young kids at the time kind of drag them into like do something positive for that kind of music you know so i kind of look at them a bit differently now you know i i definitely feel like that um because even like like i'm like i know i'm a baby and i know when like five seconds of summer became a thing i was still a baby but I remember yeah. being like, oh, but they're a boy band. What's going on? And then I listen to them now and I'm like, they got some great songs. Oh, they got some absolute banging yeah, songs. That's yeah. a great song. So like, no, like I entirely understand that. But like, yeah, I was five. So I was I was like, this is the best band to exist ever. Not realizing that they're like directly inspired, like Blink-182. And they're, like, they like, yeah. it, it goes back in generations. So like, yeah, no, I, I feel that. It is very interesting how different it may be seemed back then to how it is now i guess the uk scene's grown as well on that front as well you know they've had definitely yeah. had yeah like the pop punk scene kind of especially is really starting to get a bit more credible in this country when it wasn't for 
for years, was it? I mean, we were listening to everything we were listening to was from, you know, from the States, really. You know, yeah. Bit, bit around Europe, but I, you know, I, and I guess, but like Busted probably did pave the way for a lot of like the bands you listen to today and they were kind of broke into that, that UK scene a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they were like, they were. I remember asking for an electric guitar for Christmas the year that I found Busted. Okay. Um, and I wanted to learn guitar there. But my parents didn't want me to get an electric guitar because it would be too loud. So they got me an acoustic. Um, okay. And I was five or six. And so was my best friend. And she ended up tuning the pegs so tight that the neck snapped within a week. <laughs> oh, so, like, wow. <laughs> I, I, I could have started learning Busted songs when I was like six years old, but I just didn't. But yeah, no, I, they definitely got me into like, even if like the music itself wasn't like crazy rock oriented, just like the look of like guys like running around on stage with a guitar. Yeah. yeah jumping cool. about. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what was like the, so obviously you were aware of Green Day. What what was like the ne- next kind of um, um, wave I'd of say, artists that came along for you? Oh, I mean like definitely Fallout Boy. I was like, okay. yeah. I yeah. saw Sugar We're Going Down on MTV yeah. and just became obsessed with it. I remember watching it because I was like, Folia Do came out in 2009, so I would have been nine or 10. Um, yeah. But I remember watching it with my brother and being like, have you, do, do you know the music video for Sugar, Sugar We're Going Down? Yeah. I, I remember watching it with my brother and being really confused about why this guy had antlers on his head. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like that was like the first memorable thing about it for me. Um, and then like it, it was, I went like deep into Fall Out Boy. They were my favorite band for like four or five years. I would like go on, I don't know if it was genius.com, but I would like look up all their lyrics and like look at how other people had interpreted their lyrics. And like they would teach me new words because I was like 10 years old um and that that fallout boy is like the first band where i was like super invested in like all their yeah. music all their lyrics what everything was about um so like yeah fallout boy were definitely the first big big band within like the pop punk rock alt world that i was really obsessed with um and then it and then from like fallout boy it was like panic of the disco my chemical romance um and then i think like shortly after Semper Paternal came out, Bring Me. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, they yeah. got me into heavier music. So I was like, okay, of Mice and Man, they're sick. Um, and then I kind of just like, I would buy Kerrang! every single week and like rock sound every month. And I, I kind of just got entirely engrossed in that world. Obviously, you've got a YouTube channel, which is really successful now alongside your kind of music stuff that you're doing. Kind of how did that, when did that all start to kind of come together and start to like, start to actually kind of grow a little bit where you're thinking right well this is you know this is becoming something like so that that's also like a long story which i'm happy to tell so i um i started a, a my chemical romance fan account on instagram when I was <laughs> like right? 14 15 um and i i just post pictures of the bands you know like it was a fan account and then eventually yeah. i i I was watching a lot of videos of Frank Iero playing guitar on stage. And I was like, I want to be that. Like, I want to be that. Um, yes. Got a, I got a guitar for like either my birthday or Christmas and then became obsessed with it. Like in the summer holidays, I'd play it for like 10 hours a day. And that was the only thing that I would do. Um, and then eventually I started posting covers on Instagram. And then that was back in the day where you could only post 15 second videos on Instagram. So I started posting them on YouTube um and then started posting singing covers on youtube and then a few of them kind of just like blew up and like just started doing really well and this was when i was in like this was when i was in school um but (laughs) i went to a boarding school um and i hadn't come out as trans until i finished school so like i was yeah a girl in school a a boy online kind of like a hannah montana double life moment um and then as as i got near to the end of school i was kind of like i i think i hit like 100k on instagram by the time i had finished oh, school. okay okay um and my youtube was doing good and I, it kind of just got to the end of school and everybody at my school had to apply to university and i applied and i was like there's no way i'm going though that's that's not <laughs> that's yeah. not what i do um so kind of just when, when i finished school i was like look i have this opportunity to to make this my job and it was it was earning enough money at the time to pay my dad rent um so i kind of just stuck with it for a year to see how it went and then it, it kind of just kept growing and growing and then yeah it I just it's kind of how things happen it was it was entirely by accident and it was mostly just out of not really 
feeling like I had a community in real life. So I, I just built one on the internet and that's, it's now my job. <laughs> and it, was the YouTube channel kind of, I mean, obviously it's, was it's a lot about, you know, your trans journey and, and everything around that. Was it, was it always like, obviously you said it, it was Instagram around my yeah. chemical romance that started, but yeah. actually was it growing? Did it start to grow when you were starting to talk about your, your kind of journey? Well, so that, that's the thing. Like, I didn't come out until 2017 or something. And by that point, I yeah. had like a few hundred thousand followers on YouTube anyway. Um, so yeah. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't posting about being trans because I was terrified of talking about it. So it was like, I like still some of like my most viewed videos now are just like covers of me singing from when I was like 16, 17. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously built like a different and like new audience when I came out and started talking about trans stuff and like LGBT stuff. Um, but like, there's always been like a very like solid foundation of people just like following me for music and like, yeah, like my old YouTube videos back in the day, like my room was full head to toe with Kerrang posters. So yeah. like that was, that was always kind of part of the vibe. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it started with music and it's, the the music is still going. <laughs> and, and did you did you feel like an a, a decent level of support from the audience you already had once you came out as trans and uh, oh yeah, and okay, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. I mean, like I was, I was. So I, it 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 was weird because I I didn't want to. So like, I was a girl at school and I didn't want to tell people online that my name was Noah. So I. Right. Uh, because if people from my school saw that I was going by Noah online, they'd be really confused because they they knew me as a girl. Um, yeah. so I was I went as Newt, which was just like a nickname. Um, but yeah, wait, what was the question? I just <laughs> oh, uh, so it was just um, where, so when you when you came out as trans, like that you obviously you'd already have this huge audience that you built, just oh, like yes. whether you just felt like they you know you felt support when you yeah made yeah, that yeah announcement no. you know they were really supportive i mean like i was yeah. always very vocal about like being into guys so like there right. was okay. there was already like an lgbt thing there it just wasn't specifically hyper focused on the fact that i was trans got it okay i was, I was gonna say, yeah i mean obviously your youtube channel now is you know very much doing a lot for the trans community but the non-trans community in terms of awareness and you know growing people's understanding kind of 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 that world but yeah. i mean it sounds like it actually kind of very much supported you as well like through, oh, yeah. through your own like well, kind of being a two-way kind of thing i i think i think that's why i went like so hard into it because like yeah it it, it, it it wasn't just a boarding school it was like a naval boarding school so we had to like march we had like the, the, it, it there was like a whole hierarchy there were like we, we'd have to do parades. We had Saturday school every week. Like it was very like routine. This is how you're supposed to be. Everybody there was a conservative. We did like a mock election at my school and UKIP won. Um, so like, I, yeah, it, yeah, it was, it, it was like actually insane looking back. Like when I was there, yeah, I was just, yeah. oh, I, I guess this is just how people are. But like looking back, it was insane. So like I, I didn't have, there weren't people at that school that were like me. Like there were 400 kids at that school from the age of 11 to 18. And there were two kids that were out as gay, but they were only out because they were outed and they didn't want to come out. Uh, yeah. So there was, there was no way of me meeting people that were like me or like building a community yeah. of people that understand yeah. me. There, there was no one really that I could come out to at school that would, that would understand what I was going through. Yeah. So I, like I like lived on the internet more out of like necessity than like wanting to like build an audience or like make a career out of it. It was mostly just like, this is the only place where I can be myself yeah. because, because of where I lived in real life. It's, it's incredible, really. I mean, you say kind of that, that naval boarding school kind of um, environment just didn't, didn't enable you to come out and, but yeah. I guess Chris, like, I mean, w without sounding like an old dad or anything, but I mean, when we were in school, like, you know, I remember there was two two gay lads in school, and like, and no one really knew what to say or what to do. There wasn't, and even the school wouldn't facilitate like those conversations. Yeah. And 
and you know looking back now at like the people who were in our year at school you know way back when there's we've got the huge community huge community of gay people from my year at school but yeah there was only two that were openly gay within 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 the school within our school back back then because it just there just wasn't that that like environment and that awareness to to be to be you know to be open yeah and i think my school was definitely like 20 years behind like like the the stuff like there was there have been people from my school that I didn't know, but they're that they're like trans or they're like gay or they're right. like yeah, yeah. they they've contacted me being like, hey, how did you survive at this school? Because I I spoke to my RS teacher and I asked him would I go to hell if I told him I was gay, and he said yes. And like it, it like because that stuff still happens in schools, maybe not the majority of them, but it's like mm. it is very not great (laughs) but i I guess you know we are making progress and there's people like yourself who kind of help help a lot of people understand a a lot more and and i guess you know you look at other parts of the world as well which i I guess you'll probably start to see with kind of your music and touring around like have you found how have you found that kind of um kind of traveling from like a traveling touring perspective so it's like, I mean, like the the U.S. right. Like I, I have no idea how much you know about like what's going on in the U.S. right now. But like there are certain states where they have just banned trans healthcare. Um. So like if I lived in Florida, they would take me off testosterone. I wouldn't be allowed to get top surgery. Um. And I've like I have a few friends in a few states that have had to like move out of like Florida just because they they're getting their prescriptions taken off of them. Um. So like traveling to the U.S. was like really fun really cool for some parts but like playing shows in texas and like meeting kids every day that are just like yeah so i'm not allowed to come out at school because if i come out at school they legally have to tell my parents and my parents will kick me out so it's like it's very like it's it's really fun that i get to play shows in like really cool places and i get to meet all these kids but like at the same time it's like i i didn't really notice i didn't really realize the importance of like there being a space where kids can just like be themselves until I did yeah. that US tour because there were kids coming up to me being like, I've never met another trans person before. And now I'm, I, I've made friends with four of them, um, which is which is entirely how I felt like on the Internet, like when I was 15, making yeah. friends there, going to yeah. shows, meeting them in the line and like becoming best friends with them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's great, but like you haven't got the answers for them as well. You can't yes. fix fix some of those problems. can you? Exactly. Yeah. Like a thing that we've been doing in this last US tour is just like. So how do we feel about the situational trans rights now? And everyone's like, boo. And I was like, okay, we, we got to take a second to just scream as loud as we can. Nice. Um, so we, we did that every night on tour and that was nice. But yeah, it, it is uh, conflicting feelings. <laughs> yeah. But it's really cool that you're facilitating a place for kids to go. And as you say, me, other like that. The reason they're there is you, and then they get that with yeah. it. You know, I think that's good. Yeah, I'm getting like goosebumps from you saying that. So that's that's a that's a positive thing, you know. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I'm 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 glad that I get to do that. Speaking of touring America, just to get back to your music journey a little bit. So, um, obviously, you grow in this audience, and it kind of you you signed to Hopeless in 2020. Is that right? Yeah, like right in the middle of COVID. How did the hopeless thing come about? Like, you know, what obviously, as you've already said, you had a huge online audience and stuff. Had had you played yeah. your first show at that point? Because you nope. Wow. So, yeah, I know that. So the hopeless thing started. Um, I had released a song called Asthma Attack in 2018, mm-hmm. and the Spotify algorithm just picked that up and just sent that one to like millions of streams. So yeah. I was like, okay, cool. I just released this because it was a song that I had and I, I thought maybe I could record it and release it. Um and then you just so you just put it on Spotify yourself and it just yeah. like just Yeah. I wow. I uploaded it on DistroKid. Um yeah. uh-huh. and it just did really well on Spotify and I signed to a new management and I was like, Yeah, I want to make music. So I had released a few songs, um, kind of like with my management, not under a label and not like through DistroKid. Um yeah and like i had conversations with my manager and he was like no we shouldn't be looking to get you signed just because like we should we should see if we can grow it organically at first and then a few weeks later he was like oh hopeless want to call you and i was like oh you mean the hopeless like that like the the neck yeah. deep the neck yeah. deep yeah um so yeah we i just hopped on a call with them and 
they seemed really excited and it seemed like a good fit. So I was like, yeah, I mean, nice. Was it, was it, was it Tobin you spoke to? Yes, it was Tobin. I love it. Well, that was like the the first call I had with them was just with Tobin. I was like, this guy's my shit. This guy's my shit. He's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So how how much have you kind of had you done before like before that point in terms of like shows and stuff? Had you been at it a long time or no? I had never done a show. I had literally Yeah, I well so well. So I I was in the marching band at school. I played snare. <laughs> uh, I'd done that a few times. I had I, I wrote music with my friend online that lived in Newcastle um when I was like 15, 16, and we played one show with their like friends from school. But I played bass and we had to do cover songs because the songs I wrote, the rest of the band couldn't play. So I just turned up to Newcastle being like, cool, let's go. And everyone was like, yeah, actually, we we just we change of plans. You're playing bass. Um, <laughs> so like I, I'd done that. Um, but no, like I'd, I'd never done a show. Like my first show was July 2021, I think. Um, and that was like a few months before playing Sam Dunn. But like, yeah, I, I'd never mad. played. That's mad, so, isn't it? it is. It is. And that's why I was so stressed out about like doing my first ever tour because I was like, I have no idea if I'm going to be good at this. I was going to say, what was the what was the conversation with Hopeless then in terms of that, the like their initial kind of thoughts in terms of how they were going to invest and support you? Like, was it like, we, so, just, we want to release music, want to put you on like all these tours or... I mean the the because it, because we got si- I got signed during COVID, um, I got more of like a relaxed a relaxed journey into it, which I absolutely needed because if I got signed and then immediately had to start to I don't know if I would be ready for it then. Yeah, um, yeah. But it was it was it was quite relaxed. But again, like on the first call as well, they're like you know like at some point we would just send you off to America and like neck deep did it where they just did a bunch of shows in the US and they just ended up doing really well and I was like. Yeah, cool. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. We'll play some shows in America. No one will buy tickets. It'll be really embarrassing. Um, but that that yeah, there was always talks of touring, but because it was during COVID, it was never they imminent. didn't feel like real thought. Yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't imminent. Yeah. So just like it was like it, it was during a time in COVID where we were told, Oh yeah, we'd just be isolating for two weeks. That's fine. We'll go back. And at this point, we were like, this could go on for years. So I, I didn't know what was gonna happen with it, but I knew that touring was on the cards and I knew that that was something that I'd always wanted to do. Like I'd, I'd obsessively like, like watch all videos of fallout boy live and like tour vlogs. And I would do like behind the scenes videos on YouTube. And I was, I was so interested in it. I would watch like, um, you know, what's it like those, um, fucking, Oh my God. I literally did one of them. It's like, like, uh, tour bus tours. You know what I mean? Like tour diary kind of thing. Tour diaries, yeah, yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. I would, yeah, yeah, I would watch them growing up, and I always wanted to do it, but I just couldn't picture it being a reality, just because I'd never done it, and we we're in COVID. What was the first US tour? Was that the Sophie Powers one? Yes, that was in Sept. When was it? No, 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 that was in um the summer of last year. Yeah. Okay. I was quite enjoying. I saw Sophie Powers put out a song with Lil Lotus the other day, which I was. Uh... Yeah. I was quite enjoying it, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, Sophie, she's so cool. She was like, on that first US tour, she was like 17. And she okay. was like, she was like, yeah, I already know. I already know what my next three album covers are going to be. Like, I know what I'm doing. She's the most hardworking. Oh, very focused. Yeah. Insanely focused. She's like the most hardworking person I've ever met in my life. And she was a teenager. Um, but yeah, no, she she's really cool. I was going to say, did your like demographic change quite a bit? Into, well, in terms of, well, in terms of ge- geographically kind of. Or did you already have quite a big, big base in the US from YouTube channel? Or is that What's something it? that's hopeless is kind of driven? I, I, yeah, I mean, like, lucky. I mean, it's very lucky that, like, someone from the UK gets to do their first big tour in the US. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I've always had majority American audience um okay. for whatever reason i don't know i don't know what it is i have a theory that like there was a time a few years ago where americans were obsessed with british accents <laughs> um, so i wouldn't be surprised if that was part of it but i think like if i look at my analytics it's like 38 percent us 20 percent uk and then the rest of the rest of the world do you know what ours are the same so that, that really that well yeah our biggest audience is definitely easily the states so. sick i mean like yeah. that's, that's a good thing yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. 
I was going to ask also. So once you were with Hopeless, like how how did how did the um actually for the listeners' benefit? So the first time I I was aware of of, of you Noah was um because because the band I managed Lovebreakers did a record with uh, a producer called Thomas Michener. Shout out to Mitch. Amen. Um, and uh, I was talking to Mitch. Um, I think we were talking about the Hopeless Records randomly, and obviously. He he was very keen to mention you and all the work that he's he's done with you. So where, when did you did did Hopeless put you in touch with Mitch? How did that come about? And how long's your relationship with him been now? Um, so it, it, no, it wasn't Hopeless. It was my manager had been friends with Mitch for a while and had okay. worked with him a few times. And I think I I've known him since the first song that we did together was a song I released called Stupid that I think mm-hmm. I released in twenty twenty one. Um, so it'd be like. I think it was early 2021 since I've known him, but he's like, he's my shit. Like he's, he's so nice. And oh, he's yeah. so good at what he does. He makes everything sound massive. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been like, Jesus, over two years now. Okay. And you've been, you've done, been doing stuff with him recently, right? I'm sure I've seen yes. like an Insta post from you or him. Yeah. 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 So we, my last song, I know better. Um, yeah. He like did the mix and he, he, he recorded the drums and all that. And um my next song that I've been recording this past week, I've also done with him. Okay. And you've been doing stuff with him and, and uh, is it Stefan? Stefan, who yes. I had the pleasure of meeting the same day I met you. Yes. Yeah, 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 Steph. Yeah. So he, he, he's produced the the last two and like, they, they kind of like work together. Cause like what Steph is really good at is like the really quirky, like the really just like fun ear candy kind of stuff. And like I writing with him is the easiest thing in the world. And like yeah. what Mitch is incredible at is just making everything sound insane. Just yeah. like I, I, I love how he makes his drums. Um, so like we've been working together more recently, and I think that's like, I think those are the two people that I that I I think pair really well together. That's a cool dynamic. So I mean, what's your general approach in terms of the like the the releasing and well writing, recording, and releasing? Because I guess you've done you do a lot of like singles shorter kind of lengthy p type releases is that yeah. kind of is that like just the way you you approach things and maybe this is just me being a bit old school because people consume music differently now don't they you know it's not about putting a record on and listen to 10 yeah, 12 yeah, tracks yeah. you know is that but is that just kind of how you how you write you just write a couple of songs and you want to just release them and you you think you'll continue to do it that way no what so i think that that is how i how it started just because like i am so new to everything um yeah and it made sense at that point like releasing loads of singles because i have i have a big audience on youtube which is like video based so it made sense to release singles which meant releasing music videos which meant posting them on youtube to the audience that's already there so it made it made sense from that perspective but like i'm i'm writing for my first album now um like there is there is a there is a big there is a big piece of work coming um at some point um but no i mean it's i i guess it's just eps are kind of just to like warm warm me into uh what writing a a full album is like how how did the um hot mulligan um collaboration come about were you a a fan of theirs already like how did that link up yeah yeah i so i got i got a little bit obsessed with them during covid like i I, they they were like if you look at my spotify wrapped of that year it was just Every single song was Hot Mulligan. Oh, okay. You went in in I went, deep I with went them. Okay. Well, that's yeah. that's the thing. Like, like it was the same with Fall Out Boy. It was the same with Busted. It was the same with My Chemical Romance. When I go in, I'm like, I'm like, I'm all in. Um. So like, I was just really into them. And then, um, that's a song after after therapy that yes. I had written. And uh, Hopeless were just like, you should, we should have a feature on this. Like this, this, this will be a cool song to have a feature on. And they were just like, oh, what do you think about Hot Mulligan? And I was like, yes. What do you mean? Yes, um, <laughs> it's, it's it's not a particularly exciting story. It just kind of the hopeless. Just asked if I liked them, and I was like, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> have you have you had a chance to meet them in person, or was it all done? No, like, so so not in person, you? which is funny because whenever it seems that like whenever I'm on tour in the US, they're in the UK, and whenever <laughs> okay. I'm in the US, so I've 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 never seen them live before, and I've not managed to meet them before, but I I definitely will at some point. Did you like their? Because they had an album quite recently, didn't they? Did you? Yeah. How did you feel about that? It's so good. Like I just think they're they're so cool in a way that seems entirely effortless, and they don't take themselves seriously, but the music is like seriously good. 
they're doing something right because like i feel like the scene loves them at the minute i'll be full disclosure i i don't get it i don't get it and like i don't nothing against them i still love to have them on the show but but nick are you into them yeah i'm i'm not as um objective as you yeah i don't think that's it yeah not too bad i'm not as connected as I should be these days, anyway, with with its nurse, <laughs> nursery rhymes mostly at the moment. Oh, but yeah, that's uh, actually fair. But yeah, um, yeah, not yeah, not too bad. <laughs> Who's who? Who would be the like, like the ultimate, ultimate dream collaboration? Oh, uh, I know. Dead or alive? Oh, oh God! I'm well. I stick with alive, um, but. but uh... Either Water Parks or Scene Queen. Um, oh, okay. Hey, yeah. that so one current label mate and one former label mate. That's yeah. I think yeah. I feel like both of those could totally happen for you. I mean, I hope so. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think I think that'd be really cool. I'm I'm so into what Scene Queen is doing. I think I yeah. she's pissing off the exact right people. That's exactly what she should be doing, and it makes me so happy that like, because like obviously like like me joining this scene looking the way i do and having like a social media following uh i i'm definitely of the opinion that a lot of people like if i get posted on kerrang people will be like oh why are you talking about this tiktoker why are you talking about this tiktoker and i'm like i'm just i just happen to use the platform that is good for posting music in the same way that you guys like probably use myspace but like (laughs) these people that commenting probably use myspace um but I know I'm I'm really into like the new shit that's coming out and especially yeah. seeing me because nobody has done it the way that she has done it. Yeah, nice. I think yeah, I think Hopeless definitely onto something with her. Like yeah. it, that's just gonna grow and grow. I, I appreciate you probably wouldn't be able to tell us if there was, but is there anything lined up for the for the record in terms of like a collaboration? At at the moment, no. I'm 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 fully just we're so I have like I've written a bunch of songs, but I'm I want to keep trying and trying to write through the summer to just make sure like I have the right songs um, and to just see if I can write anything better really. But like we're we're it's it's very early stages. I'm still I'm still just writing and not entirely sure which song is going on the album. And but, and that writing no. session with the McFly Boys is is as a potential is it is that was yeah. that is that to feed into oh, record? Cool. So what's the ambition in terms of like starting to get in the studio and get that laid down? Are you like in the winter or? Um, I, I'm not entirely sure when we'll be recording. I mean, like I'm, I've recorded the next single. um, And I think that the plan right now, so I get very overwhelmed very easily. So yeah. my, my manager only tells me stuff that I need to know at right. that moment in time. Okay. Otherwise, like I, I've got ADHD, so my mind is already all over the place. But introduce right. a new stressful thing and like a deadline, yeah. it's like I, I, I explode. So like right, right now, the only thing that I'm focusing on is just like writing the best songs that I can write. Nice. And it sounds like hopeless are, are really good, good with you, like in that yeah. sense as well. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Uh, nice. I mean, I've heard like horror stories of people signing and having terrible experiences with their labels, but like I. Yeah. I love Hopeless. I, I love the people who work there. And like that they they kind of let me do what I want, which I cannot complain about. <laughs> that's that's very cool. Um oh, I was going like this is going back to things you've been up to recently. I saw um you and Corey shout out to Corey, by the way. It was lovely meeting Corey uh last last month as well. Um right. you ha- you're hanging with Young Blood in Camden the other week. That looked like yeah. fun. Yeah, that would that was fun. I like I I literally went to his shows when he was playing like 200 cap rooms. Um, and I think the first show that I went to of his, like he recognized me because I did a cover of his song and he was like, me, I saw your cover rock and oh, roll. Man. I was like, oh shit. I like this guy. Um, but yeah, no, he just, he just messaged me the night before being like, it's party at the Holy Arms, come 8 PM. There's free tattoos. Excited to see you. Free <laughs> tattoos. Yeah. yeah. So he, he, he had a tattoo artist there just giving out free tattoos. <laughs> Um, Amazing. And he, he bought everybody on guest list. Like he he bought all their drinks, so it was free drinks. Oh wow. And he had a he had a blur cover band there. And like he got <laughs> up to sing a song and it was yeah, it was it was a really fun time. And there were there were a bunch of people there that like I was friends with and it was just nice to hang out with people there. Sounds like a great night, and it seems like he's a fun guy to be around. He's he's so fucking nice. The the amount like the thing that really pisses me off is that like people like him and Scene Queen get so much shit 
and like yeah. all they're doing is just like being obnoxiously themselves um yeah. which i think is something this this scene has always like said that they celebrate um right. yeah. except for when people do it in a way that they, they don't like it but like no he's 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 so so nice and he like i mean he still goes out and like meets like so many fans and like he met every fan in the queue of the shows that I'd been to. Like he, he just seems like a nice guy. Yeah, um, he does. Yeah. Like he genuinely seems like a good dude, but like still very, very rock and roll at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah exactly. Yeah. He's doing really well, isn't he? He's totally blown up. He's killing it. Uh, yeah. Another collaboration way. opportunity for you then. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick. Nick obviously asked about dream collaborations. What about dream tours? Is, is would that be a similar answer, or are there some some I mean, artists touring with Youngblood would be the dream tour, probably. Yeah. I think I think we'd like our audiences would really. Well, what about your you know kind of your best shows to date? Then who, which one, which shows and tours have kind of really stood out as your 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 favorites? As in, like ones that I've played. Yeah, yeah. Um. So we did. Sold out two nights of Islington Academy last year. Um, and that was like insane to me because I grew up going to shows at Islington Academy and seeing my favorite bands there. Yeah. Um, so like the first night I think was probably one of my favorite shows because like I'm so I'm half Irish. My entire Irish family uh came to see me and my like 10-year-old and eight-year-old cousins were like sat in front of the barrier, like just like singing along and we brought my entire family on stage for like the end of the end of the set. And that was just like a really nice, that was just a really nice moment. And then either that or Chicago this year um, was like the, the biggest show of the tour. I think it was like, like 650 people, which is like, for me, I'm just like, why the fuck you like you're in Chicago. You're like, you're <laughs> and you're coming to my show. Yeah. Um, that's, that's but, amazing. but Chicago for, probably reasons that make a lot of sense just like love live music and that they're always such great crowds so i think that was a really fun show and i i guess looking forward kind of what's what's in the diary for the next obviously writing you know is a, a big thing obviously i'm sure youtube uh, channel takes over but you got much in the diary from like a gig and tour perspective for, for the next few months yeah that, that i will have a headline tour between now and when i'm touring with shikari i'm just not allowed to say when it is okay <laughs> Yeah, that that, that Shikari tour is going to be uh, something special as well, right? It's it's going to be so. Um, yeah, I'm so excited for it, and especially like like I love Shikari and I love seeing them every night. But I also love Fever Three Three Three. Like I've been to a bunch of their shows. I saw Let Live, and it's just like they're insane. It's going to be so fucking cool getting to see them both every night. And that's February next year. I'm just yes. you're not coming to Newcastle though. That's and, a shame. And, Leeds. Uh, that's not too far away. Uh, close enough okay so probably back end of the year maybe yeah on your headline tour nice yeah have you have you, have you done any things with uh banquet records yet you know banquet records in kingston yeah no I, I i haven't done anything with them myself but i used to like i went to i went to a few shows that like a banquet yeah, records yeah. when i was a kid well because they always i mean they're always booking the big artists around tours and stuff so you i'm, I'm saying this because i live by kingston so um oh yeah not, not that I'm too lazy to come see you in London, but like, yeah. you know, ho- hopefully you'll do something with Banquet around around what either your headline or your Shikari tour. So I'll, yeah, I mean, I'm, that'd be cool. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll reach out to your people. I think you know we could probably uh, wrap this up in a second. Um, no, like massively appreciate you taking the time. I mean, it's great to great to see you again because obviously we've already met, but like, um, this this has been really cool. Um, we normally finish these shows with like quick fire questions, which isn't the most original thing for a podcast to do, but it's yeah. always a bit of fun. And um, is that cool if if, if we, we yeah. throw some of those at you? Yeah, of course. You got them in front of you, Nick? Uh, I'm not very prepared yet. <laughs> go on then. Who's gone first? You go first. Okay. Uh, I'm going to fire three previous guests from that we've had on this show, and you're only allowed to keep the music of one of them. Okay. Okay. So, um, I feel like I always give the same ones to people, so I'm going to try and bury it. So I'm going to give you four years strong. Um, rise against some forty-one. Oh, some forty-one. <laughs> Do you know whenever I include them in this question, they always get picked. I yeah. feel like there's still so much love for that band. Hundred percent. Have you crossed paths with them at all? 
No, and I, I've not seen them either. Oh, like, man. Been, that like 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 in too deep is one of the first songs I learned on guitar, and I've oh, really? like ten years ago, and I still haven't I still haven't met them. <laughs> so we, I mean, we only know Dave Brownsound from the band. Can't speak to the other guys, but Dave is just the best guy in the world. Like he's he is good. awesome. Yeah, we're still in touch with him, and he's he's great. Uh, um, got go on, Nick. You pick one of a question. Uh, favorite food. Oh my god, uh, steak. Chris won't appreciate that, but I, I, I appreciate <laughs> Nick will appreciate that one more than me. Me, uh, vegetarian over in this corner. Um, my 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 wife wanted to give give me a couple of random um quick fire questions for you, so I'm going to do <laughs> two ones, which are very random. Coke or Iron Brew? I don't know. Uh, oh, fuck, Iron Brew. I was going to say like Iron Brew or like Club Orange might have been a better. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm just I, I I'm going with what she said, so I, I threw them in there. S- the summer or summer or winter? Oh, I mean, I don't like either of them, but summer, winter. I just everyone is depressed, everyone is miserable, no one's happy, and that makes me miserable. What What's your favorite one? Spring? Uh, yeah, spring. Mm, yeah, I'd probably pick autumn's probably my favorite. Yeah, summer's well, that's, too... that's what I mean. Like, put early autumn's really nice, but then when it gets to like October, it gets a bit chilly. See, I, I like it. I like it when it gets dark and, you know, yeah, I'm more about that as I get older. It's weird. Where do you stand on that, Nick? Where are um, you on that? I'm, I think I'm so many, uh Yeah, I don't mind. I, I, you know, I like them equally probably as much as each other. <laughs> uh, go on, Nick. You, you fire one, well, one or two of these There's one questions. here. These are all Chris's, by the way. Apart from the two that were my wife's. Um, yeah, yeah, so if you don't like any of them, yeah, you can blame me and Nick's, uh, Nick's innocent in these. Well, it says fave London venue, but I think we kind of already know that, maybe, unless there's another one. No, uh, well, I don't know if it is now because they've got a barrier, apparently, but uh, Camden Underworld. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's a good show. Yeah. yeah. That's the first first stage dive and crowd surf I did was there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Who, was that in was... and That was mine. First time I've ever did a uh, crowd surfed. Oh, really? <laughs> that drive through records tour. Nice. Um, I think mine was at Blink, Blink 182 at the Astoria 23 oh, years ago. <laughs> um, right, let's fire a couple more of these. Have you ever seen a ghost? No, I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> Do you yeah. know, I think you're the first person that's ever just said outright no and they're bollocks. Really? Pe- people, either, they'll say, I haven't, but I definitely believe in them because of blah, blah, blah. Or yes, I've got loads of stories. Yeah, I was talking to Beauty School Dropout. I don't know if you oh, yeah. know them on yeah. Friday. And I asked that question. The guy was just like, yep, my house was haunted growing up. And he was just went into a long thing, which I loved, to be fair. I- I'm just like I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I'm just like I'm just like people will be like, yeah, I had this like extraterrestrial terrestrial experience. Like I, I <laughs> it was scary. Like I saw a ghost, and I was like, I was like, I'm a non-believer. Did you did, as you, well. no, did, did you did you just cross out any other possibility and just went, <laughs> ghost? went with the yeah, app? This is a dead person. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, there, there there are a million more things that it could be that would make way more sense. Okay, final question: favorite ever album. And you oh, can fire a couple at us if it's hard to pick one. I'm so bad at favorites. Fucking favorite ever album. I mean, three cheers for sweet revenge. Kind of. That was the song. That's the album I got obsessed with, uh, yeah. guitar wise. So maybe that. I'm just gonna say that because if I yeah, bring up another one, yeah. I'll be more yeah. conflicted. Okay. Yeah, and that's full well, circle with you doing that the old Instagram accounts as well. Yeah. So yeah, we, we one more then. That. You can only keep one, um, Nirvana or Nekdi. <laughs> I see what Nick did there. I like that, thinking on your feet. Fuck. Well, I'll, I'll say Nirvana, because if we get rid of Nirvana from the timeline, then like... They come back to life. Right? Well, no, not that. Just like half the They're... music I listen to wouldn't Yeah, exist. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Slight Fine. cop-out answer, but I see yeah. the logic in it. <laughs> Actually, uh, Nick, let, let's do a little... A little uh, shout out for our friends. No, you ever heard of? So our friends play in a band called Elvana, and it's Elvis fronted Nirvana, and they've just blown up. Like they, so they they're playing Glastonbury this weekend. They played the main stage at Download the other week. They're just yeah. it started it started as a joke, but it's become it's their job, it's their career, and yeah. they 
and they're so loved and it's it's crazy but so if you haven't yeah if you haven't heard of them check them out and like I've they'll been... probably come on your radar anyway yeah yeah no i i've, I've been told about them oh I just, okay so I, there you I, go I'll, yeah i'll yeah. check them out <laughs> But they're but they're old friends of our. In fact, the drummer Rob, it's his birthday today. So happy birthday! Yes, Rob. I just birthday, I messaged Rob. him earlier and didn't mention mention it. <laughs> wishing him wishing him luck for uh, he's he's on uh, Glastonbury stage before Will Young this afternoon. Oh right, okay, so. yeah, that's a random ra- random uh, lineup. That's mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. On that note, I guess we we could we can let you go. But yeah, it's it's great to see you again. Really appreciate you doing this. All right, no, I'd love to see you again. Love to meet you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good luck with it. Good luck with it.